Hey, I'm Cody. And I'm TJ. And welcome to the next episode of another generic entertainment podcast, also known as AgeCast. AgeCast, the number one completely original podcast about everything pop culture. Movies, trailers, video games, the works. All included here. AgeCast with Cody and TJ. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. One, two, three, four, five. Everybody in the car. So come on, let's ride. To the candy store around the corner, the boys say they want some ice cream. But I don't really want to. Let's dance till we all fall down. We'll really party hardy to the Mambo sound. <laughs> Why, well, like Minnie, Goofy, Pluto, and Daisy. And as I continue, the gang is going crazy. So what can I do? I really beg you, my lord. To me, dancing is just like a sport. What is that rhyme? Anything fly is all good. Let me dump it. Please send me in. Please send in the trumpet. Wait, did he just make a poop reference? Does <laughs> anything fly? It's all good. Look. Let me dump it. Uh, welcome back to AgeCast. Uh, we decided to begin uh, today's episode with um, probably our favorite poem ever written, by uh, written Bega. by the poet Lou Bega. You know, um, in the year nineteen, Huey, Dewey, and Louie can't go wrong. Huey, Dewey, and Louie can't go wrong. In fact, a little bit of goofy, everyone. What is happening? And how did you know this, Cody? <laughs> um, listen, the reason that I know this is because this song is the version that I heard throughout most of my childhood because it was played during gym class at my school. And speaking of schools, today's episode is sponsored by the American Education System Trademark Right Reserved. Copyrighted. Copyrighted. 1896. Um, yeah, as you can see by the title, which I'm sure is clever, and I'll write it later. Title um, of today's, today's episode, episode is, I'm sure it's clever, and I'll write it later. That's pretty good. <laughs> today's episode is all about um, our actual jobs in education. But we've decided to bring in a special guest. Say hello to... Madison. My name is Woo! Madison. Should I say my last name, too? Do what you want. Right, My name said is Madison before. Jalapeno Poppers in the house. Um, <laughs> or Papano, if you know how to pronounce it. Poblano. Oh, yes. No. <laughs> Paper planes. Puke on the patio. Lionel Coinbank. That's what that one's thanks to Nick Wormuth. Miss that guy. Yeah, so we have a guest this week, because this is a weekly podcast. Always has been, always will be. Yeah, if you haven't been tuning in all this time, it's your fault. Oh. Yeah, some of our episodes are only available on... Uh, it's still 2017. Quibi. We've only been doing 18... We've only done this for 18 weeks. Catch our new Quibi show. It's called Agecast on Quibi. Ha- have you heard um, of this new app, Quibi? No. I have. Um, I heard it's, it's take really good. the world by storm. I saw okay. the Super Bowl ad, and I thought, hmm. I'll just be a quibby. Okay, well, that's enough of that. Uh, Let's dive right into um, our sort of main topic. We've got a lot of things we're going to get through, but the whole uh, 
larger idea is just talking about uh, education and how we are teachers. Um, so, Madison, would you like to lead off uh, just explaining your uh, background and what you currently do and perhaps what you want to do later on? Sure. I am a uh, middle school teacher. I teach eighth grade. I have taught eighth grade. This is my third year teaching, which is disgusting um, because <laughs> not disgusting because I hate my job. Disgusting because I'm I <laughs> never thought that I would be a third year teacher. That's freaky. Um, but I teach eighth grade. I teach civics and economics. So government. Um, and I would like to teach AP psychology. That class is dope and I love it. And I would love to teach that someday. I love my middle schoolers, but I also love psychology. <laughs> and that was my, yeah, anyway. Take it away, Ernie. Uh, TJ. Ernie? Which one of us is Ernie? Is that me? Yeah. All right, Bert. <laughs> I guess out, out of us, I'm definitely the Ernie to your Bert. Groove with me, baby. <laughs> Robert Ducky, you're the one. You make HCast so much fun. Okay. That was that was kind of good. It wasn't it wasn't bad, right? Because it's within my range, and that there's I can sing three notes. What do you teach? Outside TJ? of that, it's gonna be over. Yeah, well, I actually I teach general music theory and beginning band. Nope, because not tech. true. <laughs> oh, None of this is oh me. Oh, I thought you said TJ. Well, Cody here, and I'm actually a high school social studies teacher. Uh, I teach. Grade-wise, it's actually all different grades um, based on where students are. If they transfer and don't have the proper credit, they might be in my classes. So I actually have all four grades represented in my classes. That's nice. But I teach world geography, which was not a course in my high school. And I have exactly one geography class under my belt when I went to college. <laughs> so I've learned so a lot were, on the job. So you were very prepared to teach that. Uh, I was very prepared to teach world geography. <laughs> and, you know, there's some, like, I don't know, in the airline hangar, I don't get to see it, but I've heard of the mass screams and chaos about toilet paper in the past year. I don't know what that was about. So that was a fun <laughs> introduction to this little teaching gig. Uh, but I also teach world history, too, which those who are outside of the state of Virginia... Is essentially about the Renaissance to Obama's first term as, pre as president. What a place to stop. Yeah, I mean, well, it's because the standards stopped in 2008. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I never learned past the Bush era in school. Yeah. Like first Bush. <laughs> <laughs> the first Bush? He didn't even go up to, like, 9-11 or anything? What is that? Oh, okay. Or Hong Kong um, gaining... Independence we never England got that far. No? We never got yeah, that far. No. We were supposed <laughs> I'm so to really not. We I'm did. so sorry. I hope no Chinese company tries to buy us out. I just ruined it right there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so I am a band director. I oh. teach middle school. Uh, so I teach 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. All levels of band in middle school. Um just bands no other classes um at the moment uh and in terms of like future things i would love to teach a uh, high school band at some point again not that i don't love uh my middle schoolers it's just uh high school band is more what i am looking towards i'd really love to run a marching band and all of the other things you can do with a high school band that you can't quite do with a middle school band 
Uh, and a lot of high schools offer things like guitar classes and percussion classes and things like that. And I would totally be down to teach other things besides just band all day. Again, not that I don't love it, but uh, sometimes you need some variety in life. You know, I would not be an educator without properly modeling my students and not answering every question I presented that has been presented to me. <laughs> I never said uh, my future goals or my Avengers Endgame. Aside, aside from, of course, my class on Splatoon 2 tips and tricks. Now goes. on Skillshare. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, for me, I have really loved World History 2. I've absolutely loved it. I guess I would say it would be stressful, but in the end, it would be what I want. Just a class I can make my own. And what I determine, the kids should know and understand and have my perspective. Uh, while still... You know, obviously allowing them to think for themselves. But I think I have a pretty good idea of what's important and not important compared to um, some outdated state standards. I would like to have some freedom. Standard? Which, honestly... Outdated? Never. What? <laughs> Never. Uh, but honestly, I have, I have felt this year I have some of that freedom. But it's only because my students this year don't have to worry about uh, SOL credit because they got it last year for free because of the pandemic. And this is the like only time it's ever happened for these kids. So I'm kind of free to teach whatever I want right now, as long as I don't go too crazy, which has been nice. And I nice. and now that I have a now that I have a taste for it, I don't want to lose that. Yeah, you bring up actually a really good point that I'm surprised we didn't have on the original docket. Pulling back the shades on Agecast here, uh, let's. <laughs> like transition right into teaching within standards uh this is not something that i have to worry about too much just because um, there's no sol test for band uh, we do have like assessment and other things which i can talk about later on um, but in terms of state standards they do exist for bands um, and there are things i need to be mindful of however exactly how i go about teaching i do have most like most things i have the freedom to do there are you know of course that def depends on school there's some schools where they like say teach band like this but where i am now i can pretty much do whatever but if you all want to take the floor and talk about teaching within standards um and maybe even describing what standards are for those who don't know um go for it well, Matt, so you got, okay. uh, i was gonna say you can go first okay so i think i mean TJ, it sounds like there are standards that he has to teach with this year because there's no SOL. Those have kind of fallen by the wayside, which is really cool. In my like with my class in middle school, it used to be that you had an SOL in every social studies class. Mm. And as the years have progressed, now they've the depart and we're speaking strictly about Virginia. You know, like other states mm -hmm. have completely different standards because well, of that so amazing. Yes, because yeah. of that so amazing um, legislation called No Child Left Behind. We love that. Um, and now in Virginia, in middle school, all you need is civics, which is my class. And so my class is the only SOL course in social studies in middle school. And what that means is that I have to teach very, like, a, I literally have a list, a specific list of things that I have to make sure at the end of the year the kids know. And if, and it's determined that they know that based on the 50 question multiple choice SOL that they take in May. This year, my district, um, 
receive a waiver to not have to give that SOL. So in place of it, we have another thing that we have to do. Um, but basically, those standards are like, you know, we have to, I have to make sure that they know about the legislative, executive, judicial branch for the federal, state, and local government and how each of those run and their checks and balances and a whole host of other things that they have to learn according to the state of Virginia. Um, and just this year, we moved on to the 2015 standards. However, it's currently 2021, and we're teaching <laughs> 2015 standards. Up until la like this year, last year I was teaching 2008 standards. So to say that Virginia is a little bit behind would not be a falsity. We are, <laughs> we are a little <laughs> behind. Um, and I mean, I think every course is kind of seeing SOLs kind of fade away, which is good because not every student is a good test taker. Not every student is going to be able to showcase what they know with a 50 question multiple choice test. Um, so yeah, but teaching with, sorry, teaching within standards, is, it can be very tricky, especially because the subject that I teach, I feel is very, very important. Um, government and you know how the government works and how students can be participating within government but I have to stay within such strict like lanes that I can't really get out of that lane and teach them something that you know I think might be a little bit more beneficial to them um, mm -hmm. I'm sure the system is designed exactly that way <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I mean it's it's nice because my first year, you know, I didn't know anything and I still don't know anything. Um, but I know like a little bit more than I did my first year. And it was nice to have that like kind of roadmap. But now that I know more things and I've been able to kind of hone my teaching style and like, okay, I want to start branching out into these, like how they can be activists and how they can get their voice heard. Because a lot of, especially my kids, because they're 13 to 14, they're like, well, why do I need to know government now? I can't vote until I'm 18. And I have to teach them, you know, like there are lots of other things that you can do to be involved in government to change your community that don't involve voting. Like voting is a very big part of it, but there are other things that you can do that don't revolve around voting that make, can you can still get involved. Hmm. So that was my very long-winded answer <laughs> to this. <laughs> teaching within standards. Yeah, well, I was say, what's the question? Yeah. Te teaching in the sta within standards. Yeah, teaching within a standard. Yeah. Um. So I can give. The perspective within the standard and without because last semester i was all world geography and mm -hmm. in high school there are more than one sol but this sol is the only one they have to pass to graduate high school and essentially the plan is right now if they don't pass it we try to get them again the next year and if not hopefully they get it with u.s history mm -hmm. and they just have to pass a sol but world geography is like the first one so it's the one where they try to get almost everybody to pass and in my experience the standards and skills for world geography are not properly assessed in a 50 question sol test a multiple choice mm -hmm. test that has multiple uh higher blooms level skills such as you know application and evaluation of information but if i was going to describe these standards for world geography at the very least if you've ever watched an episode of Jeopardy and somebody's answered a question and you said well how do they know that that is world geography you're learning how do they know that 
<laughs> the idea behind world geography is amazing, but I think it is very lofty for one class to essentially understand the significance and culture of multiple countries and continents around the world and why they matter to you, even though you don't live there. It's a huge global concept that is amazing, but also very easily done incorrectly and very easily stereotyped or misrepresented or misunderstood. Um, and a lot of the standards would say, oh, well, you don't really need to know about the people. You should just know a uh, blanket statement. This is a democracy. This is a communist nation. Um, this is capitalist. This is, this is socialist. And here is a funny building that you should remember. And you better remember where that country is on the map now, kids. Let's move on. That's kind of how world geography felt like when I was just looking at the standards. But then the frameworks expands upon us. There's two different things. There's standards and frameworks. And frameworks is how these educators who made these standards uh, would recommend you expand upon the standards and how you teach them. And I look at those and I expand upon them. What I focused on instead with my students was trying to get transferable skills that will matter outside of high school and maybe even within high school with their other classes. Mm. Like how to make an argument with evidence and a claim. How to find credible evidence. How to make a counterclaim to where you acknowledge somebody's opinion and then give your own. And try to find respect and understanding with one another. And this really came ahead, if you know your history, you can look up a certain thing that happened on the 6th of January of a certain year. <laughs> and I had uh, a very mature conversation with my students. I was actually very impressed with them for their young age. And that was where I finally realized the skills I was teaching. I was teaching how to succeed in the SOL. Everybody passed my SOL test. But I didn't care about that. When I was having that conversation with them, I realized, at least for those who are vocal, I had helped them in some way become a more informed and better person. And it's made me kind of view social studies in a different light. I chose social studies because I just liked it, and I find it fun. I love history and all that. But it's literally called social studies because it's the study of people and how we communicate and collaborate and learn from one another and progress together and it's stuff that i feel like as a society maybe we don't have the best grip on and that might be reflected <laughs> in our no child left behind of only focusing on skills of math and english yeah and i'm viewing my job i was even i was even told not since i became an educator but in the school of education that i had the least important job and if anything i've become more empowered recently World History 2, I find this stuff very interesting, but instead I'm trying to find overall themes. I can teach, you know, like the Scientific Revolution, the Renaissance, the Reformation, the Industrial Revolution, the French Revolution, as all separate things. And I, I did, I gave them their time. But I told them, this is just one giant unit on revolutions. And a revolution, it just means change. And we're going to learn today, we're going to learn through this unit why people are willing to make a change and want to be the people that make a change or willing to die for it in some case. And we've talked about um, what's going on in Myanmar with kids their age and my age. I'm a young teacher. Our age group is what 
is pushing a revolution right now in this world. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of stuff I am more focused on. And honestly, I don't know if I would be able to do that any other year. This has been a strange year, and I think, if anything, it has shown what the possibilities of education can be. I'm hoping for a positive change. But yes, there's my long-winded answer on what it's like to teach within standards. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I don't think we would give. I don't think we would give short answers if we weren't educators. You know, yeah. like. The fact that you have long answers is a very good thing. Yeah. Like, it shows you've thought about this. And, like, I think just sort of condensing some of the uh, main ideas there, it's that the standards really are only worried about data and, like, mm-hmm. how many kids can pass a test mm-hmm. when, like, education, and I completely agree, should be more focused about, like, making a functioning member of society and, like... Um, if someone, you know, asked me what I do, I mean, I say I teach band, but whether or not a kid can read a B flat on a staff is useful for the amount of time they read music, but like the other skills they can learn through band will help them their whole life. Mm -hmm. Like just as an example, um, uh, I taught a little bit of a unit on, uh, jazz improvisation in middle school just for every single class every person because that can really like unlock a part of your brain that you know doesn't completely freak out when you have to improvise anything in your life because i noticed in college my uh, peers who refused to ever improvise on their instrument refused to improvise in anything in their life Mm. and it always went hand in hand (laughs) you're like you're like acting you're like pushing a, a flight or fight response during that. You're going, it's, but the thing is, it's in their formative years. Yeah. No, Not a single student complained about it. They just went with it. And if anyone had anything, they're like, I don't know how. I was like, just do it. There's no wrong answer. And they did it. And we did it because uh, my class is only two days. Uh, there's two groups, and I can get into that later. But they only had two days with me uh, that week. Um, and... The first day, some people were apprehensive, but we did it the second day. Everyone dived in. Everyone played a cool solo, which was awesome, but that wasn't the end goal. The end goal was to just let them know that they have the ability to improvise in anything. Um, And that's sort of my philosophy about everything. And standards do not address those things. Because, I mean, they kind of can't to give them a little bit of a benefit of a doubt. But you won't see me out here supporting those things ever (laughs) i love i love when you said i say this all the time in my class you said there's no wrong answers Mm -hmm. i i've tried to get my students to be very comfortable if i was going to present this to uh an educated adult who cares about data or whatever i'd say i give quite a lot of formative assessments Mm -hmm. but to my (laughs) students it is i'm giving you something that is graded on if you do it or not because i care about if you actually learned what i taught you and they have come to very much respect that. It takes it takes a while. It takes quite a while. These kids have been programmed. Um, I guess I I'm, okay. So peeling back age casts, Cody warned our our great pal Madison here that TJ will jump topics without like acknowledging it, and I was just <laughs> about to do it. 
because I don't know. This was that was a really where? smooth transition. The smooth transition the fact that is you're going acknowledging it is, is ruining it. Is going straight to grading. <laughs> Thoughts on grading because yeah, these kids really are so focused on that A to F scale, and yeah. they're so focused on they've been told failing is bad. Obviously, it's bad, and it's not based on. They've been told it's not based on trying they told it's based on their ability and if i'm a fail if i'm a failing student i must be a failure i must be dumb or stupid even though a lot of times in reality failing and passing a class is just based on participation and trying Mm -hmm. and teachers just don't make that clear enough to them I, i have promised my students if they participate every day in my class i guarantee they will pass my class you have to show up and just try I will not fail you for trying. I do tell them, though, you should be very honored if you have a high B or an A in my class because you deserved it and earned it. But I am not trying to put the stress of just passing my class because there's so many kids that just give up before they even have the opportunity to fail because they've been told so much that if they fail, it's their fault and they should feel bad about it. These students are not prepared to fail. They're not happy to fail. And I'm trying to change that agenda so much. And what you said when you said, I, there's no wrong answers, I probably say that every single day in my class for at least an assignment or something that we do. And I hope me drilling it in, they'll, they'll eventually be become better at fa- I want them to succeed at failing. I'd love for them to learn that skill. Exactly, yes, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so I'm so sorry. I, I was transitioning. No, it's okay. Um, I so I think that grades are a chance to you know provide like feedback for kids. I have a huge gripe with grading specifically this year because we're in the middle of a Papa John's pizzeria, and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Papa's in the house. Yeah, and you know, I think that especially right now. I think anybody who's talked to me about my job in the past, like, few months has heard me say this. Like, we are expecting kids to just, like, pretend that things are normal, and we're expecting teachers to do the same. Just, like, everything is normal. We're still learning is normal. We're still, like, attending school is normal. Everything is normal when it's really not. (laughs) And when, like, everything in their life is upside down, and everything in everybody's life is upside down because we've just been, like, thrown this huge curveball that is a panoramic and like i i have a huge gripe with grading this year because i think it's a miracle if the kids are even just showing up to my teams meetings for class like that's a huge win for me when like i see a kid log in who i haven't seen log in in weeks i'm like awesome johnny's here like at least he's here today like that's good classic johnny so happy and and like you know i really wish that this year and like this past year in general when this whole thing started i was like cool this is a really great way to this is a like this is gonna suck this is gonna be hard but this is a time that we can revolutionize school and we can make it more accessible for kids we can make it very like they are very much taking 100 percent ownership of their learning because they have to you know like they have to log in and they have to do the work and there's really no like extrinsic motive it all has to be intrinsic they have to you know like take ownership of it and all that stuff but then 
pretty much every district, I feel like, in Virginia, at least the ones that I know of, have just turned around and been like, we're going to do everything the same, that we've always done it, because that's how we've done it. And that's, like, yeah. and I and I get that, because we want some semblance of normalcy, but it's not normal. Can, and can, can you talk about, you said, um, intrin- intrinsic motivation, and There's maybe, that psychology, you said, so, you said, said something about, you know, they have to support themselves they yeah, have to I be found, self-motivating like, one of, yeah that, one of the things that i outline for my kids at the beginning of each year i'm like y'all are in eighth grade you know you it is ten, like you it's my it's my expectation that you take ownership of your learning i'm not going to give you any grades i don't do that i'm you're going to earn it so if you studied really hard for a test and you passed you got an a i didn't give you that grade you earned that grade and you should be very proud of yourself because you did that now, if you have an F in my class, I didn't give you an F. I just put in the, the, the 50s for the stuff that you didn't do. So you can still do those things and bring your grade up, but we got to take ownership of our learning because, you know, we're, they're young adults. They're going to high school in a year, and they're starting to be grown-ups. Well, some kind of grown-up. I'm not a grown-up yet, but well, maybe well, one day I, I will be. <laughs> What I was going to say, I agree with you, but I mean, I haven't had my students before, up until this point, and I can't guarantee they had you for their civics teacher in eighth grade. It seemed, at least from my perspective, so many, I'm a first year teacher, so I did not know what normal was. Mm -hmm. Um, Our definition of normal is changing every single day, if there even is such a thing. But it seemed so many teachers had just expected that students would already be self-motivating at their age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though we can't guarantee somebody like you touched upon that earlier. Right. I, I think it's great that you did. And that's something I tried to do now because I can try to control that now. Yeah, and uh, just want to add, not only teachers expected it, but administration and above expected it. Yeah. We had the highest failure rates ever until they yeah, had, I think, I, I think tried to crack down. Yeah, I think every school across Virginia probably did. And that's not because I think a lot of people see that and they're like, well, what are the teachers? The teachers aren't teaching. It's like we're we're trying like the best that we can. I, I know that like uh-huh. every day I log off and I'm like, well, I'm the worst teacher in the world. <laughs> like I, just, I think that we all at some level kind of probably feel like we're not doing enough when in reality, like we're literally doing everything that we can. And well, I, I don't think it's obviously I don't think it's our fault. I also don't think it's the kids' fault. I don't oh, know. Well, I don't know. I don't know every school. I don't think it's administration's fault. I think what was at fault is what you were saying earlier about how people were trying to find normality in a situation mm-hmm. that wasn't normal. And yeah. how could you expect it to go any other way if you didn't right. try to actually address what has been going on? Right. And I really know. like going back to kind of grading. Like I really wish that this year could just be pass fail. You know, like if a kid really tries and they like, and also like there are so many things that are going on in these kids' lives right now that, that we don't even know, you know, like on, in a regular year, I would get to know my kids in person and like, I've tried to get to know them virtually. It's, it's, I mean, it's really hard. Like they, they don't want to turn on their cameras and that's totally fine with me. Like, you know, they're just there for, in my class, our classes are only an hour they're in there for an hour and we're doing whatever and then they go and like I've gotten to know some of them because they've reached out and like shared things with me 
but other ones like I will never get to know. And I was the other day like me and Dylan, who's my boyfriend, um, <laughs> we're just like <laughs> he's been a guest before. Um, we were just like bebopping <laughs> sure. along in the car, and I was like, you know, I'm really sad because like a lot of these p- kids probably like don't really give a crap about me, and like. You know, like, that's, like, I don't know if that's, like, selfish or anything, but, like, normally in a year I'd have kids, like, coming into my room being like, hey, that's Ohana, like, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Like, oh, your nails look cute. And, like, this year I'm just like, hey, guys, like, how was your weekend? And everyone's like, crickets. (laughs) I'm like, okay, well. I mean, could you imagine, could you imagine going through puberty and your only interaction with the outside world is a scream? Right, yeah, and like, and I like, and I said to to him, I was like, I don't even blame them. Like, they probably like this is a huge bummer. You know, they're getting all of the parts of school that they probably don't like that much, and they're not getting any of the fun parts, like seeing their friends and you know, like experiencing what it is to be a young person with like a group of their peers every day. Like, they don't they don't get any of that. So, I don't know. It's just a huge bummer and doing what we can <laughs> i feel like i'm really just like tj's over here like being so positive and like every like yay social studies and i'm like everything is terrible well i, I mean <laughs> i'm constantly stressed out and exhausted at all points in my life but i it has never been the actual act of teaching that that has happened for me it's been yeah. everything else like yep. yeah every other thing i has really gotten to me um, and maybe what really has gotten to me is never turning off my teacher brain. Even mm-hmm. when I'm home, I am never not thinking about what can I do next? Yep. How can I reach that one student I've been trying to reach? And my, I need to get better at, I guess, or maybe I don't, maybe I need to, I feel like I should get better at carp, carpent, cart, compartment. Car- compartmentalizing. Carpentamentalizing. That's what I should get better at. <laughs> now I don't know how to say it. Compartmentalizing. Dang. Yes. Thank Compartmentalizing. You. Thank Co- compartment you. leasing office, please. <laughs> Turn in your keys. Turn in your keys. So, I'd have to ask. And you know, Cody, we haven't heard your sultry tones in quite a quite a while. Yeah, it's been a fortnight. It has been victory royale. Yeah, fortnight. We're about to get down. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> would you say, would you say maybe from your students' perspective, mm-hmm. would they see you as more of a laid back or serious teacher? Now, and let me give a guess before you say anything. I Go see you as the snarky, sarcastic teacher. Oh, yeah. 100%. That is me. Yeah, no. I uh, keep it snarky. Keep it sarcastic. Keep it I dab at least once a period. At least once. Um, they hate it. I say poggers instead of good. No, you don't. Please tell me that one. Yes, I do. Nope. Every time I instead of saying that was pretty good, I go, kind of poggers. Um, they love it, though, because that's, like, that's going to be the thing that, like, they're going to be in, like, high school, and they're going to be like, remember Mr. Logan, how he would always say poggers? Man, that was weird. <laughs> but I loved that guy. Like he was so cool. What a crazy. That's what dude. they're gonna. That's what they're gonna do. Yeah. That's Continue. Kinda, Sorry, that I interrupted you. The goal you. for it. No, I mean, no. That really like um, condenses basically why I do it. It's just because 
I don't want to be just another teacher that says, sit down, do your work. That's it. Because, like, I mean, this isn't against anyone. Like, if that's your teaching style, that's okay. And that works for plenty of teachers. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it if you work if it works and they get the content and everything. But that's just not me. I want my room to be a little bit more laid back. If they need to get some energy out, they can. Um, I found that there do need to be limits, and it definitely depends on what students are in a certain class. Mm -hmm. um, this we just started the last nine weeks of the year, and my district has added more students. Classic, classic, classic. Um, and I now have a pretty large class. And before, <laughs> it wasn't so large. You still have a class of only one, though, to counteract that? No, not anymore, Oh, sadly. wow. Um, yeah, I have a pretty large class. Um, and it didn't used to be so large. And the kids who were there were all really, like, focused. And if we got off topic, we could get right back on immediately. Mm -hmm. But these new kids who were at it, they just don't know that that's our routine because mm -hmm. it didn't start out that way. I started out much more like this is what we got to do. And then we, you know, I felt the room, felt the class and realized, you know, we could make it a little more uh, lax. But we've started on that lax angle this nine weeks because that's how it always was. And today it uh, didn't go so well and it had to turn into a serious uh, class just because no one was paying attention and we weren't doing anything um so there's always a drawback and even though i like to say i'm you know more laid back i understand why um some people would be completely against that idea because it is a difficult balance but i think like honestly when you find that balance it's totally worth it yeah uh, like like madison was saying the teachers i remember are the ones who had some weird quirky character trait and like let students be themselves and didn't just sit there and lecture for 20 years yeah i definitely like i mean i would not say that this year reflects like my teacher portfolio in any kind of way because <laughs> it's just been like i've been strictly virtual the whole year um and i will be until the end of the year but I think my first year, I was very much like, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, so that kind of had something to do with it, but I was very much like, this is how it's going to be, this is it, like, and that's, like, not really who I am in real life. Like, if you know me in real life, which Cody and TJ do, like, I'm very much... Who? <laughs> Since when? <laughs> long time. I'm, like, not oh, super type A. I'm, su I'm not super type A at all, um, but, like, last year... I felt like I really hit my stride with like my classroom management and like I you know I think it's it's very it's easy to what with Cody what Cody was saying about how like he, he was like started off a certain way with his class and then they devolved into kind of like more chill and stuff that is very like that's like the easier thing to do it's really really hard to like start chill and then be really like not yeah. str I don't want to say strict, but for lack of a better word, strict. And, like, I, there were a couple of my classes where, like, at the beginning of the year, like, you know, I lay down, like, not the law, but I'm like, okay, like, this is what I expect from you guys. This is, like, how it's going to be. And then, you know, if they show me that, like, we can handle that and we can handle certain things, then, like, we get progressively more chill. And I had a class like that last year. And then, like, a month or two before we left, they just, like, went left. And they were like, 
we're going to be crazy. I was like, who are you people? And it was insane. But, like, I I think that, like, if you talk to my kids my first year versus you talk to my kids from my second year, they would be like, we had two totally different teachers. Because, like, and it's, mm. it's like a learning curve. You just have to learn, like, how to be with certain kids, like Cody said. Like, there are some classes where you can be, like, totally goofy and, like, you can like mess around with them and like tease them and they can 100% handle it but there are other kids in classes where if you say like oh you guys are acting like this today they're gonna be like what me no but there are other kids who are like yeah I am being a total dork today ha 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 like and you really gotta like learn that or else you're gonna get yourself in a fun time (laughs) I would have to I think I'm in a similar boat as you are, but again, the English language is overly complicated and has many ways to say the same concept. Um, in my, I remember in one of my, sorry, in one of my um, classes in grad school, they described it as a warm demander, someone who is very warm and caring, but they expect and demand a lot from students. And that is I, what vague, I, I vaguely remember that, but that was an online yeah. class for me, and I... Boo. Yeah, behavior management was online. We weren't even in a panini yet, and that class was online, and it was such a waste. Honestly, that was a waste. I did not learn anything. Imagine having a master's degree. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Madison and I have our master's Dang. degrees because it was required. It's not required anymore. We'll see what happens to social studies after that. But Imagine being able to get a master's degree in one year. Couldn't, couldn't be me. Couldn't be. Um, I... My behavior management style is definitely setting boundaries. I set boundaries at the very beginning of the year, and I'm very clear and precise with my boundaries. And I defy them if they do not understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. When I say no racial, homophobic, or transphobic slurs or any degradation of humankind in my classroom, and I say if you do not understand what I said, then you cannot argue against me when I tell you that is what you are doing. And... I've had to have a few lessons about certain words that should not be said in my class, and I've had to pull mm-hmm. students aside about it, but for the most part, my students right now would say I'm a laid-back teacher, and they might not actually remember how I was that first week. I tried to start off stern and gain respect and have that boundary, but I've definitely become laid-back within limits. I, as Madison said, I'm definitely much more laid back with some sections than others. I, I'm right now all in person, so it has definitely given me, in this weird, we've been like half of our student population each day, so I've had much smaller classes, and it's been great, honestly, to prepare me for mm-hmm. like management skills, behavior management skills. I'm worried, though, I'm about to have my spring break this coming week. And then when we get back, they're combining all the students again. Right now, if you are a student, you go in person twice a week. After our spring break, all the students will be coming four days a week. And I'll have doubled doubled the class sizes. And half of the class Mm -hmm. has never interacted with the other half of the class. So I am, I wasn't thinking about this. You know, what I was thinking of was like, oh, I need a CD chart. That's all I was thinking of having this conversation with you all it's almost as if and i think i'm gonna do this now i'm gonna to have to have like the first ever lesson just again with my yeah. new yeah. students all together and try to like reset my expectations 
because they know it separately, but they don't know it in this combined combined environment. Yeah. So I'm definitely gonna have to, and I don't know. I I first year teaching. I don't know these kids. I haven't seen them grow up. I don't know what their relation is to each other or what to expect from that. Yeah. So I, I like, think so... I, I'm gonna have to do it again in the middle. I think, and maybe that's something in a normal school year I'd have to be okay with is if I feel my laid back this is getting out of hand i might have to strictly readdress my boundaries and standards in my classroom mm-hmm. so what i've done in the past like and it really can't hurt to like reteach your expectations even for the kids who have been there in person because it just serves as like a reminder for them like oh yeah this is what my teacher expects from me but like there have been and you can like that's never gonna you might think that it's like a waste of time, but you're really getting that time back because you're not having to readdress those things in like tiny little increments in your class. You're just like hitting it all in one day, and then like you've gained back that time that you may have missed down the road. If you know what I, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But like I've had to. There have been classes before in the past, like that class that I was talking about earlier, where like they were really great in the beginning of the year, and then they started kind of going left, and I was like, you know. I really need to do like a reset lesson with them. Just like sit them down and be like, okay, like, and getting their feedback too, ha- I found has been really great. Like s- asking them, like, how do you think class is going? Do you think that we're being productive? Do you think that we're following these expectations that I set out in the beginning of the year? And having that get, having them get that self reflection is a really big piece of it because they, I mean, especially the kids that we teach, you know, like they're old enough. They definitely understand like mm-hmm. their, actions and they have full control pretty much over you know to a certain extent like what they do and so if you get their you know or their piece of it that can also kind of help you shape and understand like where they're coming from because a lot of things that i've learned is that just like giving kids a voice is really important because it, they feel like it's not your class it's our class that's what i always say to them i'm like this is our, like, this is not my class. This is our class. You know, we, you guys are a, a part of it too. Without you guys, what am I doing here? Just standing here talking to myself. <laughs> like, that's not well, fun. I mean, definitely, I agree. You need to have a sense of community or where are you going to, yeah. how are you going to be able to teach anything? Right. How are you going to teach anything properly and um, mm-hmm. quality-wise? <laughs> if you, I feel Cody, yeah. I'm just trying to drag you in here. I feel like you've been, you've been too talkative, and maybe it's the teacher in me. I'm seeing you. You're engaged in the eyes, but not with your your vocalness, um, Mr. Logan. I don't know about you, Madison. Blah 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 blah. Blah blah no, not blah. I know you're laughing. Are you okay? I'm 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 freaking out, man. What is life anymore? I just need a little brain break, a little reset. Here we go. Press the press the boop, the snoop. Cody, All right. yeah. Madison sounds like she's trying to create a sense of community, which I definitely yeah. agree with, and I really want to. I think I have done, but obviously I can always do something better, or at least make sure it uh, still perseveres. Because what is knowledge but love persevering? Get out. I believe band <laughs> is one of those places um, that I found my sense of community, and. Oh, you're back. You like, yeah, you're like frozen. I thought you were just making a face. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, it was a little glitchy. 
band is where I felt at least uh, in the moment as a student, I felt a sense of community. And maybe you could give us a little uh, insight on why you believe that is such an important thing. Yeah. Um, so during my uh, like expectations talk I had at the very beginning of the year, uh, this was we were all virtual at the time. Um, this is also something I was planning on redoing after spring break. Um, I would have done it this week because you know it added all the new students, but I knew if I did it this week, it would all be forgotten by the end of spring break. So I'm just you know rolling with the punches for now, knowing that my classes might not be as good as they could be. Uh, for this week, however, I know <laughs> I'm going to reinforce all of this. Uh, but the thing is, uh, just like I was saying about how, like, it's not the teacher's class, it's the class's class. It's um, the person in the band, like the people in the band performing. It's not me. It's everyone in the room. And if one person in the band is sitting there at the concert, just using this as an example, blasting a high note over a soft section of a song that one person ruins it for everyone and um well i don't think performances are like everything that's just a good easy analogy to everything in band class requires the entire group doing their best in order to um progress and that of course is a blessing and a curse sometimes uh if you happen to have um a hooligan or two However, <laughs> if you establish the community in the beginning, like they're not going to want to act out because they don't want to like let down their friends. One band, and one I'm sound. not saying this. Yeah, one band, one sound <laughs> is the uh, good reference to drumline that my high school band director said all the time. Um, all right, let's play "Fly the Bomb." Yikes! Thanks, thanks for the uh, flashbacks there. I mean, what you Yeesh. said, every you like philosophy you just said right there was definitely a one band one sound Nick Cannon bringing out your back with that drum line I mean that is basically it and in the fact that um, band I compared it to a team sport because it very much is mm -hmm. it's just like if your goalkeeper in soccer decides to walk away your team's gonna lose it's the same thing as if your tuba player decides never to show up to anything you're gonna lose and obviously, there's no direct winning or losing in band. This is, again, just an analogy. It's just band. But it's a simple analogy. It's just um, band. That I like to bring up. And, yeah, it is also just band. It's a fun thing. It's not totally 100% serious. Like I said, I don't have SOL testing. Um, we do have a thing called assessment, which is a whole other can of worms. I could probably do a whole podcast on just talking about assessment and my feelings on it um <laughs> but in general the main thing i want to the main thing i want my kids to get out of band is not again necessarily can they are they going to use the fact that they can read music later on in life i mean probably a few times but not a lot for a lot of them i'm not going to be teaching all future musicians or band directors or anything but like knowing how they can fit in in a community is like very helpful in their life um figuring that out early will save them a lot of trouble later on um and like i said earlier just being a productive member of society and you need a community to be a productive member of society uh i guess that's debatable but 
society is social. Would, so. would you say we live in a society? Um, I... In the words of Jared Leto's Joker, we live in a society. I hate it here. <laughs> you love it here. You love it here. Secondly, I, but I, I feel like I've uh, yapped on enough about community because it is good. Um, and let's let's pivot a bit. Pivot. pivot. That's a word we. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Cody the only episode of Friends I know. The only Cody, one I, I know, know that you love Friends so much, so I really had to throw a Friends reference in there for you. I had no idea that was a Friends reference. I just know every educator has said it a million it's times. When they're lately. trying to get the couch through the stairwell. Yeah. Oh, I literally could not care less. I, I, you know, you, you <laughs> and your not, friends do not had a couch through a stairwell, me. right? Do not explain it to me. Um, okay, so you've seen Friends, right? But so everybody's commonly, favorite. Commonly heard, nope. commonly heard phrases at a staff meeting. We're gonna pivot here a little bit. Yeah. I'm not gonna take. We're too gonna much pivot of your here time. a bit. Here uh, on this uh, meeting that could have been time. an email, um, but. I think we have a good opportunity to uh, shed some light on things for all of the non-teachers listening to this about all of the extra things that we as teachers have to do. Um, when you're going through school, the only thing you really see your teacher doing is teaching. And crying. Maybe sometimes. grading. You, maybe grading. Yeah, maybe grading. And that can like Did you leave say a pretty crying? bad false Maybe like sometimes. More, maybe more you sobbing if you, if you want to be more particular about it. I'm no English teacher. Yeah. But um, I think we can, should, not even can, we should kind of uh, pull back the curtain on education. And, I love uh, it. Enlighten people to all the things to we have to do. pull back the curtain on teaching. Step right up. All right. Well, then, Madison, step right up. Madison, oh, can, I have, I can I have Band Mom describe to me her favorite duties <laughs> as a teacher? Absolutely no, not, horrible. TJ. I will not do that. <laughs> yeah, you see, you step right up. Here we go. Band Mom here, right? <laughs> no. uh, um, who's what's this? this is so, I guess. Um, one of the things that teachers have to do, well, I think that this can kind of be seen, but I think that maybe students and like other people don't realize that it's not like something that we do because we really want to is like duties. So like if you ever were in the cafeteria and you saw like the English teacher just hanging out in there, like, yeah, they may have wanted to like come and check up on their kids, but that's probably a duty that they were asked, not asked to voluntold as they like to say mm -hmm. voluntold to do by administration or whoever um and that can be like lunch duty that can be morning duty where you're standing out like in the hallway or at the bus ramp ushering kids to go to where they're supposed to be bus duty in the afternoon i had bus duty in the afternoon last year i just had to go like stand outside of a bus with a little sign that had the bus's number on it and just kind of like usher children to get on the bus because kids love to talk they're like i want to go home all day and then it's time to go home and they're like dragging their feet i'm like come on let's go <laughs> um what other duties this year with like the whole photosynthesis we have but uh, my school specifically has bathroom <laughs> duty those people who are in person have bathroom duty they have to sit outside the bathrooms and log when the kid like which kids go in and how long they're in there oh for wow contact, very orwellian contact. of y'all yeah, um, for contact tracing purposes, sometimes if my school has a big, um, I think a lot of schools do too, not just mine, have an issue and have trouble getting substitute teachers, um, especially yes. this year. And so a lot of times 
I like you're called to go and cover another teacher's class because there's no substitute and that is that takes you know sometimes that takes like half an hour I've had it take my entire planning period before um and those are that's one thing I'll let I'll pass the buck to somebody else and let them ramble about another thing that teachers have to do that nobody sees (laughs) as a high school teacher I had parking duty this year but I've been told of a lot of duties that did not happen uh, this year because of the, um, I'm running out of P words to replace the word with. I'm just going to say. Panini. Panda Express. I already said Panini. We have some Panda Express. We say Paps. <laughs> nope, never mind. Feels very Doughboy. Feels very Doughboy. That's a better I, one. I know exactly what you're about to say, and I said that in the Discord the other day. With I think I was the only uh, woman, and mm. they were a little uncomfortable. You and me and both, sister. Okay. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we also, I had no idea, you know, teachers and their involvement in Homecoming and the yearbook mm. and Picture Day and prom, and pep rallies, and parades, and literally anything and everything. Lectures, like when you have to like plan around the ring people are going to show off class rings. All right, teachers, you need to like logistically plan around your students going here for this, or being the just literal liaison of all information to your students for anything. Um, yep. You are the... You are the uh, the Citadel. I am Commander Shepard, and Cody Logan <laughs> is my favorite teacher on the Citadel. Correct. Yeah, and going off that, like, um, the way homeroom works at my school, like, if there's a form that a student needs to sign, they bring it to their homeroom. And then just at some point during the day, you got to figure out when to go to the office. Hey, bud, you better him. go do that at some point. Yeah. It's like you don't have a single second of free time during the day, but uh, figure it out. Get to the office. If you wait to the end of the day, we'll get mad. Yep. It's like, okay. Having kids and, do their um, lunch in my room, I literally have zero free time. Mm-hmm. I'm never not a teacher during the day. Yeah, I um, am lucky, sort of. I don't have well, – way they do lunches during fourth periods, and that is my planning period. Um, but because of that, I'm on lunch duty where I hand out lunch to, uh, seventh graders and that is, uh, a lot. It's busy and hectic and a very stressful, like 15 minutes or so. Um, but then I do get the rest of that period off, except when I've had to cover, um, which means I go all day without a single second of a break, which is illegal. not good <laughs> technically yes <laughs> and by technically i mean yes it's not ideal but of course with the current situation as we are in pan's labyrinth Ooh. Um, that was a good one yeah that's no big deal um it's mostly gamma it's like i was it's like i was made for, like you. Was made for you um i don't even remember what i was talking about as we were in a pan's labyrinth. Indeed. Ah, oh, there's. It's really hard to find substitute teachers, as Madison said earlier. We were pretty um, much told last yeah. semester there are zero substitute teachers. I think we had yeah, one. We have a handful. I think our school had one. I Love have that. been. We haven't had to cover every day, so I'm assuming we have a few. 
but not many. I have not had to cover because when somebody from my department has been missing, at my school at the very least, they have just pushed the kids to the lecture room and there's like an adult there watching them and they're like, all right, now mm-hmm. you're doing your class online. Your teacher gave you online homework. Send the lecture room and do it. Yeah, they don't do it by department in my school. It's just whoever's free. Like I taught a life science class. Oh, wow. Love For those that. of you at home, I don't I don't know life science. <laughs> life series? Yeah. It's fine. What? Yeah, we talked about life series. I, I would have. If they, pulled, if they took away my planning period to like teach life science, I'm like, all right, I'll teach literally anything. Here we whenever go. Whenever <laughs> I've had to cut, like, in the past, whenever I've had to cover, I've just kind of gone in and, like, you – Every time I've had to cover, the teacher has left work for the kids. So I'm basically mm-hmm. just a warm body in there making sure that nobody, like, jumps off of a desk and twists their ankle. Yeah. You know, I've never had to, yeah. like, get up and be like, okay, kids, today we're going to learn about English, and we're going to talk about punctuation. Like, I've never had to actually facilitate a lesson. I've just kind of been there to make sure that, like, like I said, nobody injures themselves. I mean, basically, all I had to do to teach was, like, there was a pre-prepared presentation. I just needed to make sure they understood it. And if they asked questions, I uh, deferred it to the teacher who was helping because there was an assistant teacher in that class, okay. thankfully. Um, I, mean, but, I thought you would I mean, just I be like, I Googled the answers if they asked me something. I mean, yeah, I absolutely Googled a lot, like, as I was sitting there because it was fourth period. So, like, I had lunch beforehand in that room. So I used that time to gain a lot of knowledge. Um, But not to dwell on this topic too much, let's um, go into the other things that we have to do as teachers. Uh, This is something uh, those of you at home might be aware of because you might have thought, huh, why when I go into this class sometimes is the principal sitting in the back? And why are we not supposed to look at them? What's going on? It's because Um, you're in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's because you're in trouble, as I've heard, remember hearing many theories about why a certain person was in a room. But usually when it's a principal or someone of that uh, tier in a school, they are doing what is called an observation. Uh, as a teacher, you occasionally just get graded by a principal. And it's uh, a lot. Who wants to take the reins on this one? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Go for it. Um, observation wise, I, I mean, I've gotten observed. I've got a lot of positive praise, which is nice and all. Mm-hmm. But I'm the kind of person. I don't know. I'm the kind of person that wants. This is my opportunity to learn where I'm messing up and be honest with me. And I get it. If I was an administrator, um, being. Like a compliment sandwich is a big thing, but I'm very much a straight to the point kind of person, and I kind of wish observations were handled that way. I don't know if it's just my mm. school. I wish my observations were straight. Like you did a great job, and here's why, and this is what you can fix. Or you did a terrible job, and here's why, and here's where. I guess you didn't do a terrible job. Like a little quality checklist. I don't know observations. The information, the checklist thing, to me is never really that helpful actually having a conversation with them afterwards is great but it's been difficult this last semester because they've had so many observations and so little time that they've kind of fallen to the wayside 
last semester in this online um, hot pocket situation we've been in, my <laughs> pocket hots. Mm. No. <laughs> no, that one didn't work. That one didn't work. And this, uh, uh, what's another P word? Pokemon Johto Journeys. OST. That's good. Um, it was, I had, I had some great observations and I had observations as a student teacher and as a practical student and I never thought they were valuable. And then I finally had an observation last, last semester. That was great. My first ever observation. I, it felt like what I got, why they have them. It felt like I kind of understood why, but I have not felt that since my first observation. Mm -hmm. So that might have been a rare, rare gem. Little, little nugget of observation that happened for me. Yeah, I also fully understand why they exist. It's just, it seems sometimes like it's just another added stressor. But like, I mean, it really is for administration to know is like, are our teachers teaching well? And that's, I mean, it makes sense. You want to make sure your teachers are doing well. I feel like uh, it's so it hard to do really stressful. Oh, absolutely. Which is why I think the system, like everything in the system, needs some changing. What? No. <laughs> That's silly. Pish posh. Everything's perfect all the time. I, I definitely <laughs> felt like I really wish I was observed. That sounds weird. For like a whole week or something. And like for a whole unit. Instead of a class period. Because they can pop it at any moment. And sometimes they've popped yeah. in. I'm like, we're doing a paper today. So it's going to be me explaining how to do the paper, and then they work on the paper. You're not going to get to observe a lot of teaching skills. And yeah, I've been super lucky in that. Uh, lat, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? With that situation, um, because every time I have been observed, it's when you know something legit is going on. But like, not every class is that. It can't be. It's impossible. It literally, it would make every class like less meaningful. If you tried to mm -hmm. change a kid's life every single day, and I guess if you managed to actually do that, how stressful would that be to change a student's life 180 times over the course of a year? <laughs> sometimes they just gotta write a paper, and sometimes they just gotta play some music, and sometimes they gotta not do a lot because they're tired, and the yep. teacher is tired. Oh, that's a big one. I was I was so uncomfortable, Madison. I don't know about you. But I was so uncomfortable having like a makeup work day or like a chill day. I was like, no, I gotta, I have to teach them. I have to teach them things. I can't, I can't do this. And then I did it, and I was like, oh, my kids really needed this. And then I thought, I straight up, I needed this. Yeah. <laughs> like we so like I, um, I'm actually doing that this week because this is the last week of our marking period. Yesterday and today they had a benchmark assessment essentially, which um, I don't think I should get into how I feel about benchmark assessments because then we'll be here for, for and assessments in general right now because we'll be here for another <laughs> hour. Um, but tomorrow, well, tomorrow is an asynchronous day, but then Thursday and Friday, I'm just giving them a, ma a day to work on makeup work and just to do missing assignments. And I've done at least one of those every quarter this year. Um, and I mean... I think that they appreciate it because I know that they feel overwhelmed and mm -hmm. if we're doing something new every day, that's just going to add on to them being overwhelmed. So yep. and don't be afraid to I do mean, that because they, they appreciate those days too. And they're going to, you know, obviously don't do it like every week, 
We all need <laughs> a good a... filler arc every now and again. Goku and Piccolo yeah. need to get their driver's license. <laughs> your wife we, we need a we need a oh crap out of your closet they, the, they like stitch together like bits of other episodes from, a clip show yeah clip show. we all need a clip show episode once every few weeks and that's not that's exactly what that day is it's a clip because they're mm-hmm. all going back and yeah i like that yeah Good. um let's see um so we don't drag on forever. Uh, let's all just go around and say one sentence that can't be more than nine words oh, about how you feel about professional development. Okay, 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 okay. I'll go first. Go ahead and think. Okay. Nine words. Nine words or less. I want to be the one making it for others. That's that nine words. <laughs> uh, I'm actually literally Good enough. I'm literally this summer going to be making professional development for my whole county. Wow. Because okay. there's stuff that I feel has not been addressed and needs to be addressed. And it's I don't know um, why it hasn't been addressed i'm new to this situation and i feel this is the perfect opportunity to pivot and change how our education system in our society has been for such a long time we have been teaching school like it's 1896 again and we need to get kids ready to go to the factory when factory jobs have been down at an alarming rate for 45 years now so how about we change the way we teach Professional development mm. is very important. I feel if it is implemented correctly and appropriately and has an actual goal and connected, it has a connection and it is succinct enough to not bore or confuse your fellow teachers and educators. That is my nine words for professional development. That was not nine words, sir. That was like nine hundred. English is a construct. I can dis- I can determine what the number nine means. I mean, I'm gonna I cut guess. that into nine words out of. Context. I hope you really do. I hope honestly <laughs> you really do. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck, Charlie. Charlie. Cody, do you want to go next, or do you want me to? Go? Uh, yeah, sure. Here's my nine words. Just. Give me the day off. I'm tired loser. <laughs> There's my nine words on professional development. <laughs> that, was, that was lovely. Um, mine is enough with the self-care professional development. Please, Lord. <laughs> the singer or the construct? The concept? Um, whatever you want. The singer, the landlord, or the religious concept? I just, differentiation. You pick. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know if that's actually oh. differentiation. That's more just choices. That, yeah, I mean. Listen, I don't know. I think there was a lot variety. of Variety. That's there. more variety. There was a lot of synergy there. Um, I love a lot it. of people mistake uh, differentiation for choices. Yeah. I think we should all take a step back. <laughs> what? Just, just take a step back and really look at the rationale behind our um, 
our synergistic look behind our differentiations. I need to um, and really, when you go down to it, our assessments, when they're more informal, oh, they're not is this, formally, Are you Are you um, doing your own professional development right now, Cody? Yeah, I, this, this is what professional development feels like. Nonsense yeah. words with Buzzwords. no meaning. Buzzwords with no connection. Buzzwords. What did you think about this book? I didn't read it. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that I've liked um, professional development this year um, because it's been virtual and I don't have to pay attention. What? How? how, Okay, read this book (laughs) on how to have free time. All right, the book's going to be about 20 (laughs) hours long. Let me know how much free time you had. Also, it's due in two days. (laughs) Thank you. You have to buy the book, too. I hope that's okay. Well, it's not it's, okay. It's required. It's $500. <laughs> you can't buy it off Amazon. It's $500. There are only two copies. It's all the Evergreen who vote. Is that a problem? Is that, is that fine? Or what's the vote? It's what's the, ever, given. ever given. Evergreen oh. Terrace. Oh, my gosh. Um, all right. Um, let's let's dive on ahead a little bit. So um, thoughts on X-Men Last skip Stand? over a few things. I no, no thoughts on X Men Last Stand. I don't think that None I of that. saw that one. Oh, I saw it in theaters. I saw it in theaters. Angel what cuts off his in wings. That one? Uh, Angel is in it. He has wings, and he flies. They fly now. And Magneto loses his powers. Juggernaut is in it. I'm the Juggernaut. Is that after Apocalypse? No, that was ages ago. That came what? out in like 2007. Last Stand did. Yeah, it's X Men Three. Fucking about O Six. I probably may have seen it in passing, but I don't really remember. I remember seeing me and Dylan went to see um, Apocalypse at a drive-in movie theater in Lexington. Classic film. And the little thing that like went on your car to like hook you up to the sound, it was terrible. So we got like every five words from the movie. <laughs> so I really you didn't, didn't miss a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Uh, just jumping ahead a little bit uh, to what is our last point uh, on here is just general thoughts on mental well-being of both students and teachers. And I think some of the things that we just went over really lead into that really well. Um, I'm just going to jump right in and say um, I don't think society in general cares nearly enough about the well-being of its students and its teachers. Um They task us as teachers with things that are really not possible and expect not only us to convey those tasks to our students, but also our students to complete all of them without complaining. And if they fail, they fail. And it's not like the good type of failing either. And I think it leads to so much burnout in both students and teachers. And to take it way back, um, I think TJ brought up how students will see that they're failing and they'll just give up because, you know, they are not doing well mentally because they see six, seven Fs, however many classes they're in, when they could get that turned around in like 20 minutes probably during these times, they don't because they're not up to it. And you can't blame them for not being up to it because no one is actively trying to help. I mean, I've also, I've had students who, um, I mean, I teach a variety of students. And I have a few English language learners, which is another way to say English is not their primary or first language. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it used to be ESL, and now it's ELL. Because if, if not every, English is everybody's second language. ESL means English as a second language, but you have some students who know three or four languages. Now it's English language learners. And you're right, there are a lot of crazy acronyms, and I don't know how I remember those off the top of my head, but I did. <laughs> um, but I had an English language learning student who straight up told me that he feels no control in his life in school and outside of school, and the only thing he can guarantee is his own failure. And at the very least, he's found mm-hmm. some sense of control and some sense of expectation. And I eventually got him not to feel that way and to pass my class. And he passed the SOL, and it was literally, he said, the only time I've ever passed a test before. And it real, was, real king stuff. It was, it was heartbreaking when I first heard him say that, though. His idea of, oh, it's yeah. the only thing I can control in my life, mm-hmm. is I can guarantee. And that's been, I don't know, given the sense, and Madison, you've, you were talking about giving students, you know, responsibility and autonomy. They need to feel control of not I can only control my failing. When you're saying they can control their successes as well. Yep. And that's such a difficult concept. I think for many adults too to understand. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big brain concept that I say in class all I use big brain <laughs> way too much in my class. Um, that's pretty big brain of But I straight up Hoggers. Hoggers. I straight up tell my students and I've told them multiple times today i just i've had some mental health lessons and today this week i'm just doing life skills and i haven't talked about history or anything and i've told them all that their mental health is more important than any lesson that can be taught by any teacher in this building Mm -hmm. and how that is not stressed enough to them and i i try to relate it to i mean i have multiple student athletes and i asked a student what would you do if you tore your acl and they start talking about you know like well i got it rest i can't move and then i need to do physical therapy and i have to like progressively acclimate myself back into my environment and i said why don't we do that with mental health why don't we focus on you know acclimating our students who have not seen another human being in months to a new environment and not expect that we can immediately go back to normality with a flick of a switch and why this has caused a lot of stress for students and honestly it is not i don't think it's any one person's fault and talking to a lot of parents i that's been okay another thing as a as a teacher talking to parents to me is terrifying but i've actually have never mm-hmm. once had a bad experience i'm still just terrified to talk to parents god i wish that were me <laughs> <laughs> i've not so far i've not had a bad experience you know knock on I guess this is Fiberwood accounts, um, the Fiberboard or whatever it's called. My parents I have talked to have stressed to me that they have never themselves gone through something like this, and they really do not know how to help their kid. Or I've had some parents be like, I've heard you try to teach my son about mental health, and they said, like, I, I don't even think I really understand what mental health is or how to help that. And it's just very telling how this has not been taught in our society for so long mm-hmm. very sad i'm trying my i'm trying my best to be i hope um i hope that's 
losing a little bit of an impact on my students. I hope they're learning to take better care of themselves mentally. But as for myself, I need to practice what I teach. I really yep. need to be a lot better <laughs> mentally on myself. And, and I How need much to, time off I need to start year, thinking. TJ? Um, mm-hmm. One, I think. One day. All right. And it was not for yeah, a fun more than me. It was for a very serious thing I had to handle. I need to I need to be okay with understanding like free time is just like doing nothing is just as valuable as constantly doing something. And I don't. I need to get a lot better at that myself. Practice what I teach. One day I one sound. Please. Pain. It's just education, am I right? It's just band. It's just education. It's just Damn. school. What are your thoughts on this, Madison? I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, <laughs> and I think, um, you know, I completely agree with TJ. I think that we, a lot of, especially a lot of the conversations that have had been had this year are revolving around, like, kids' mental health and, like, being at home isn't good for their mental health. And while I completely agree that that is probably a huge factor it really frustrates me to see a lot of parents and um not all parents of course and a lot of just like people who really have like no skin in the game weaponize students mental health for the sake of making exactly educators feel bad for not wanting to like go back into the building in the middle of a pepperoni and mm. Um, I think that, you know, we really need to start focusing on kids' mental health more because it's not, it's only going to help. It's only going to help our society as a whole. But I think a lot of that just falls to, like, we need more staff in the buildings who are able to handle that. Because I saw, like, a TikTok the other day that was, like, teachers and social workers are, like, the triage of society like we're trained to like look for all of these things and then like bandage them with trauma-informed practice when really it's like systemic issues that need to be resolved that are the reasons why all this stuff is happening to these kids and um yeah i mean i think that there's a lot of things that little things that could change that would impact students mental health just like stopping giving awards for perfect attendance because that really kind of ingrains oh, that Cody, like do you know anything about perfect attendance what do you mean the fact that i didn't miss a class in college until my very last semester because of these systemic things implanted in my brain yeah, and, like, it just, I think, I saw I saw another video about it today that was, like, it just ingrains that, like, that idea in your head that, like, we constantly need to be productive. And TJ said it perfectly earlier, like, I just, you need to be okay with, like, doing nothing is fine. I feel like I've gotten too good at that. <laughs> like, I feel like I've gotten too good at the, like, you know, doing nothing is okay, but... One so thing we should, that my we should work together. We could form like the perfect teacher, Madison. We'll just like yes, half an, meet halfway. Yeah, like I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not out here taking days off like left and right. But like I very much have 
been like in the past, like, do I need a mental health day or am I feeling lazy? You know, like, am, if I'm feeling like really mentally drained, I'm going to take that day because one of the things that one of my mentors told me my first year was like, you cannot fill from an empty cup. Like you can, you can't fill from an empty cup. If you're empty and you're drained, how are you going to fill somebody else up? How are you going to like make an impact on your kids? If you yourself are drained, there's nothing for you to give. So you got to take that time to fill up your cup so that you can then, you know, give everything you have (laughs) basically to the children. Um, And like, I, I really wish that there was a better way for teachers to take that time that they need to, you know, recharge. And I feel like there's a huge um, stigma around, like, teachers who take those paid time off days. Like, they, you know, mm-hmm. there are times where I'm like, oh, am I being lazy? Am I, like, letting my peers down my other teachers down but like you know at the end of the year at least for my school there's no award for perfect attendance (laughs) if you're there is for me no there is for me a hundred dollar bonus what's that the old saying of like i don't think anybody on the deathbed's gonna say man i really wish i didn't take that time off yeah like there has never been there was one day that I had that I took off. It was this year that, like, it wasn't that I was sad that I took the day off, but, like, it just wasn't a restful day. And it, like, never even intended to be that way. Like, I took the day because I was like, okay, it's going to be a mental health day. And then just stuff started piling up. And I was like, well, this wasn't what I wanted it to be. Um, <laughs> but that was, like, not in my control. But, like, yeah, nobody's ever going to – I'm never going to get to the end of the school year and be like, wow, I wish I hadn't taken off that one random day in January. Like, I really could have, like, you know. And another thing that one of my, another mentor told me my first year was, like, if you drop dead tomorrow, they're going to replace you next week. Yep. And that's, like, kind Good of luck morbid enough. Replacing me. <laughs> Good luck I've right now, been, yeah. I haven't been, I haven't been teaching the standards. What are you going to do? Haha, <laughs> be creative? Joke's on y'all. <laughs> I'm indispensable right um, now. But, like, yeah, like, it's just, you know, you gotta, you have to fill yourself up and take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. Um, it's like when you're on an airplane, they're like, put the mask on before you assist others. You can't assist others and help put their mask on, their oxygen mask, if you yourself do not have on your oxygen mask. So, so Cody, you seem mm. like you need a little more explanation. Let me try to explain it to you. So, you cannot... Oh Snap away uh-huh. half of existence of the universe without first collecting all six infinity stones. That is a wonderful reference. Thank you very much. And um, and speaking of infinity stones, let's talk about how we can uh, combine ideas from various subject areas and synergize our fusion. You didn't give your opinion, Toad. Earth. What's what your... We ta- about Fire! Oh no, I did. I started. I started. Yeah, started. You did? Oh. Yeah, I started this. I'm such a great. Wow, listener. what a good listener you are. Wow. Um. So yeah, that uh, we've gotten Wait, through many have... topics. Oh, oh, Madison's got a surprise. I have something edition. that I think that would be very wholesome for us to end on, so that we're not just like. Oh goodness. Not doom and gloom. No, but we can talk about who our favorite teacher was when we were in school. 
and why oh. they were our favorite. It was my hey, eighth civics Mr. Ponder. Hey, 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 TJ, TJ, uh. hold on. Madison's trying to go off docket. There's only one person in this podcast here that could go off docket. It's, it's Noah on Ragecast. <laughs> he went off docket the entire time. Ragecast. Yeah, we're never having him on again. Noah, you didn't listen because you never listened, but you're never being included again. Um, but, yeah, I think that is a good idea. I think that would be um, cute. Well, my wholesome. favorite teacher would Madison, be so obvious to both of you. You know my favorite teacher. Would it? Is it I, you? I don't. No. Are you your favorite? Oh, wait, high yeah, school I do. band director that is now teaching at the college we all went to. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Miss B Miss B is like another mom, um, sense of community, self driving, uh, positive reinforcement, which I'm not saying I did not have in my life, but I never had it consistent enough for me to realize it until I had her as a teacher. And to see um to see somebody else be happy with my successes made me finally realize what a success even is and what it feels like and what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And I definitely try to embody the almost, um, I don't want to say like family aspect, uh, without like a, without like a family unit, but I, I try to like, <laughs> the nurturing is also, I don't know what word I'm trying, comforting aspect that she brought to the room. I try to not be, I don't need to be everybody's favorite teacher or the most memorable teacher. As long as my students are just comfortable being who they are in my classroom, I'll be happy. Amazing. Sure. That's a little too adorable. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you want me to go doom and gloom? No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, for me, uh, several things, like several people pop into my head, which I feel thankful that I can say that several people pop into my head. Um, my high school band director also, uh, Mr. Wilkes, was fantastic. Um, because he would really let students, like, if they had some sort of idea, he would, like, never shoot it down. And he's like, okay, like, you want to play this? Write it out. We'll do it. And, like, that really helped me, because, like, just being able to have an opportunity to do something, he was like, yeah, I'll take it. I was I was motivated back then. What, what happened? happened? <laughs> Wait, oh. Cody. This podcast would be a weekly yeah, right? podcast if you were still motivated. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> uh, but if I don't want to do band, then it was my uh, junior year English teacher because I despised English class, always have, and like I don't, I don't like reading. I hate writing, but I think it was a mixture of one, the content in that class was actually interesting for once, and the way she taught it. Like, no matter whether or not you were interested, she taught it in an interesting way. And, like, if you had a different writing style than the standard, you've got to write, you know, this like this, and that's it. She was like, okay, we can work around it. Like, I know how you write. I can understand it. That's okay. And that's kind of what I needed because I, I write in a weird way. I speak in a weird way, and I don't like any sort of constraint. And as soon as I get a constraint on writing, it's like, I'm out. You are, you I'm are not doing this. You are a fragmented, unwieldy spirit of a man. Unwieldy is the word. You know, unwieldy. If you want to understand 
uh, teaching. Subscribe. You are, all four tires are on the ground. You are on <laughs> you are really. You can subscribe to my Skillshare page where I discuss the inner mechanisms of my mind and how they are. In all right. <laughs> and to close this topic, Madison. Um, I would say that my stop. Dylan just walked in here and he's staring at me going. Hello. Um, um, he can't hear you. You're in my head. Um, but stop, John. Um, John. (laughs) You brought out the big guns now. You better listen up, Johnny boy. (laughs) He's gone. Um, I think that my, my favorite teacher was definitely, I think I have, I definitely have two. Um, and they were both English teachers, which like looking back, all of my English teachers in high school were like amazing. And I don't know why I didn't. Huh? How are none of us English teachers? Yeah, like, I don't know why I didn't want to be an English teacher. I was, like, I'm kind of thankful that I didn't, though, because teaching English is horribly hard. Um, so that's not for me, because, like we discussed, I'm lazy. Um, but <laughs> my 10th grade, well, my ninth, let me, hmm, my ninth grade English teacher was Miss Sheets, and she actually recruited me to do yearbook my, I think it was all, yeah, it was the rest of the time, so 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. And she was just very, like, she was so cool like she kind of like what you said cody about your english teacher like she taught everything in a way that like made you like care about it and i find myself so often like wishing that i could remember like how she like started our class like that first day in ninth grade because like i just really want to like embody everything that she like was like she really just like she really cared about like every single one of us like she wanted us to like be great in her class and she expected a lot of us and she like didn't take anybody's crap but like we still knew that like she loved us and cared about us and then in yearbook it was the same like you know we she she expected a lot out of us in our writing and like i was i did a lot of like copy and stuff like writing for the yearbook and she expected a lot and she actually left to go to a different school my senior year and I remember when she told us in 11th grade like I was a wreck like I was just so sad (laughs) and like that that she was gonna be gone for my senior year like I was so bummed and she ended up writing me a letter of recommendation to JMU which is where she went and like I remember reading it and just like crying because like it was just like reading exactly like how a teacher like that you looked up to and like who was a huge role model to you how like Basically, they were just like bragging about you and like a little letter. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, you know, I'm good. Like I, me, I. <laughs> I things? never read and then, any of my letters of recommendation. I didn't know that you were allowed to. I don't know that I was. She just like gave it. I think I, I didn't read it until after oh, I had okay. like gotten into JMU. But I think I still have it on my computer because I remember reading it a couple of, like maybe a year or so ago. I keep it on my computer so I can go back and read it whenever I'm feeling down. Well, that's um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then my other like English teacher was Mr. Shepherd and he was just like super sarcastic, super cool. Like I like loved his class. He was like him and Miss Sheets like are two people who I'm just like if I could be like them, if I'm anything like the educators that they were, like I'm all right. Love them. Madison. The you don't have to be like them because your mother freaking Madison and we would not have you on this podcast if we did not already think you were awesome. Aw, Teach. Sweet. TJ, you got to remember we had Noah on this oh, podcast. Oh, we did. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> let's snap back to reality. Oh, yeah, we did also have Dylan. Gross. Halo. Ugh. That was early stages, though. We didn't know. 
uh, how successful this podcast was going to be being a weekly series for four years <laughs> and how, how much you'd really like bring your careers up. Um, but yeah, we would really like to uh, just say thank you to Madison for showing up today and thank in you our airline hangar. me. Yeah, it was fantastic. I hope uh, anyone who made it this far uh, found this uh somewhat enlightening in some way whether you are interested in education or not this wasn't our normal nonsense fair um i promise we are going to get back to that um very soon and by very soon i mean our next episode that could be any time within the next month and the next year i i will say this you guys are on a roll two I, weeks in a row you can do it i oh i'm not on my spring break though is will i oh yeah i'm not gonna be home yeah, for spring will break. i be able to that is the the question it's we'll figure it out whether it is nobler uh, but, to love, uh, i know not english shakespeare <laughs> um, let me let me uh, go ahead and get um, my uh, which one was his final line. And while I uh, I'm definitely not looking up my final line. I had it uh, I had it ready. Um, mm. I'm not stalling right now either. Are you looking uh, up that the would sound totally different? Frazier again? Is this how we're gonna end every no, episode? No 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 yes. no 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 no. Let me okay. finish. Okay. <clears throat> Whatever comes our way. Whatever battle is raging inside Don't us, we always have a choice. My friend Harry taught me that. He chose to be the best of himself. It's the choices that make us what we are, and we can always choose to do what's right. I've been Cody. And I've been Toby McGuire in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> thanks for thanks listening. Thanks for listening. Through, Through the, the Ages. ages. did it.